Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. If you guys like it when Patrick and Amanda give announcements, will you clap for them? Yeah. <laughs> Your son really loves you. That was a beautiful, that was touching, that was touching. Good morning, everybody. If we haven't met yet, my name's Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Life, and it is almost Thanksgiving. Why, you guys are so boisterous today. I, let's keep this going. <clears throat> Should we practice our amens while we're at it, too? Everybody say amen. amen. Oh, wow. I should, like, plant some of those for later, you know? Uh, let's see. I want to say that I'm thankful for you guys. I really am. Like, if people ask me when I'm with my family this week, like, hey, what are you thankful for? I will 100% say my church family, I really love you guys. I really am thankful for you guys. It is such a blessing of a community to me, and I know it is to many of you as well. Well, I asked you guys on Facebook this week, if you were on Facebook and you saw this, I asked you, who are your favorite friend duos from TV, from movies, from uh, cartoons? And you guys in the comments gave a bunch. And if you're on Facebook right now watching this, you can put in the comments your favorite friend duos. I'll read them later. But here's what you guys came up with. Timon and Pumbaa, that's a good one, right? Uh, Woody and Buzz, now they don't start off friends at all, but they have a great friendship in the end. Here's a good one. The Lone Ranger and Tonto. Who listened to the Lone Ranger on the radio growing up, anybody? All right, I got a couple. I did too because I listened to you. You said, but Dan, you're only 25. How could you be, I don't know why that's funny, you guys. Uh, how could you have listened to the Lone Ranger? I listened to the old-time radio on Sunday nights, and they would play the Green Hornet and the Lone Ranger and uh, the Twilight Zone. Loved those. Anyway, uh, Lone Ranger and Tonto. Somebody put Jim and Dwight. Are they friends from the office? They kind of end up friends, maybe? I don't know. Here's a good one. Bluey and Bingo. I love, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it, but Bluey and Bingo steal my heart every episode from the show. Bluey, am I the only one that shed a tear watching Bluey and Bingo? Anybody else? Has anybody else shed a tear? Okay, I got one, two, maybe two other people. It's like embarrassing. It's a kid's preschool cartoon. I love the show. <clears throat> Tom and Jerry, you guys said. Uh, Shrek and Donkey. Lucy and Ethel. Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. I loved reading those. That was fun. Um, you know, God tells us that we need friends in our life. He tells us that it, it, the Bible is full of all these verses about how we need community, how we need friends in our life, and how it's not good for us to do life alone. How much you grow and where you go in life largely depends on who you choose to know, who you choose to surround yourself with. We're in a series right now called David, and we're looking at the life of David because he's described as a person that's chasing after God's heart, that's pursuing God's heart, and it doesn't mean he does it perfectly. It doesn't mean that he's a great example all the time. Read his story, and you'll find out that's not true, but we can learn from his life. There are good principles that we can learn from the way 
ways that he uh, chose to follow God and the ways that he didn't follow God and the ways that he turned his life around sometimes when he wasn't following God. So we can learn from those things. And today, we're going to learn from his influences and his friendships, and we'll also learn about what the rest of the Bible has to say about influences and friendships that we choose. In David's life, we see how some people that he surrounded himself with spurred him on towards greatness. They encouraged him on towards the Lord. And sometimes those were like, those are the things he wanted to hear and needed to hear in those moments. And he said, yes, I can do this for God. But other times it was encouragement, but an encouragement to change directions. He was on the wrong path walking away from God. And he was encouraged to get back on the path with God and follow God. It's like, let me tell you, about, again, this is embarrassing story hour. Every Sunday, embarrassing story hour with Dan. Uh, my third or fourth Sunday at Life Church as a lead pastor, I, I preached a sermon. And I got off the stage and I was like, yeah, that was a good sermon. Good job, Dan. I was patting myself on the back. I feel like that was really good. And then Liz leans over to me and she says, Dan, Dan, your zipper's down. Oh, my zipper was down the whole sermon. I'm in front of these new people, you know, and I'm like, how embarrassing is that? But listen here, it wasn't what I wanted to hear, but it is what I needed to hear. I needed to hear that in that moment to correct the situation, and I did right away. You know, we need those kind of people in our life that maybe they tell us things that we don't want to necessarily hear, but that we need to hear. David had those kind of people in his life. We need those too. David also had people in his life that guided him away from the right path. They put him on the wrong path, helped him follow a different road. It was kind of the opposite situation. And because of the choices that he made by others influencing him, he ended up destroying his whole family. At the, at the end of his life, we read just how his family's in, in tatters because of the choices that he made. So we'll learn today that either for better or for worse, the influences you surround yourself with have an impact on your whole eternal self. So let's go to the life of David where we're going to learn our first truth. That's that a friend, a true friend, cares enough about you to speak truth to you. A true friend will tell you the truth. David had these two kinds of people in his life. One told him the truth no matter what, even when it was hard. That guy was Nathan. And he saw David going down a path with his back turned on God, choosing things that grieved God's heart. And he said, David, you've got to stop and turn around. Pursue God again. The other man is Joab. Seeing David go down the exact same path that Nathan did, he just kind of said, okay, yeah, that's fine. He didn't stop. He had the opportunity to stop him and say, hey, David, have you thought about this? Let's not go that far. But he continued in the status quo that that led David to committing some actions that would haunt him for the rest of his life. This is the story of David and Nathan and Joab and Bathsheba, and Uriah. And Liz taught us about this two weeks ago, so I won't rehash it all, but let me give you just the the quick points. 
David was in a place that he wasn't supposed to be, Joab could have helped him not be there. And so he was bored at his palace. He got another man's wife pregnant. Her name was Bathsheba. And in an attempt to cover up his sin, he murdered, he went to Joab and said, hey, I want you to get, uh, get Uriah killed. I want you to put him on the front lines so that he dies. And Uriah was Bathsheba's husband. He was trying to do that to cover up his sin. Joab had the relational power to say, David, hold on. What are you doing? But instead, he helped orchestrate the murder of Uriah. Joab, he started off as David's friend and protector. Like from the early stages when, if you've been with us, you've heard that David's been running from Saul. Like in the early stages when he was running from Saul, Joab was with him. He was protector and a friend. But slowly, he, starts, stop, he, he stops caring about the things of God. He starts caring more about himself and his prestige and his position of power. And he influences David in that way. And at the end, Joab not only causes death and destruction in David's life, but he ends up being his enemy. He even ends up killing one of David's sons. David kept Joab around for his skills. Like he was the go-to guy for military stuff. He had military strategy gifts that he could just figure things out in that way. And that's why David kept it around. But behind the scenes, Joab's influence in David's life caused more pain in David's life than he ever could have imagined. Before I want to go on, I, I, I want to put a disclaimer in here. Um, that I'm not talking about, as we go on, I'm not just talking about cutting people out of your life. Like, they're toxic, they're out, I'm getting them out of here. Maybe some people, sure. Especially in marriage, we're definitely not talking about marriages today. Um, but go, think about this in a graceful way when you're thinking about your friendships. Like, how much do they influence me? How much do they have power over me? And reconsider them in that way. Now, do you know, listen, th- this is so important. Do you know that God wants you to have a fulfilled, full, abundant life. Like Jesus says at one point, he says, I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the fullest. God wants that for you. And the guaranteed way that we have that abundant life is by choosing to know God, to experience God, and follow God. Are the friends and influences in your life pushing you to know God, experience him, follow him? Will they be a force on your journey with God to to help propel you to know God? Or will they be a force that kind of pulls you away from God, down a different path entirely? This brings us to our second point in that a true friend will encourage you to grow in the right direction. A true friend will encourage you to grow in the right direction. Now, friends, all friends, encourage us to grow. But only a select few love us enough to encourage us in the right direction. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. 
A a real friend encourages you towards Jesus. A a true friend will build you up in Christ as they pray for you. A a true friend will cheer you on in the good times and in the bad. A, A true friend will reflect Jesus to you by the way that they love you and care for you. A true friend, when you're in your darkest times, will open a portal to God's grace and his truth, his light and his faithfulness. A true friend will encourage you towards Jesus by the, by the way that they show you who Jesus is. This verse I'm about to share with you, this next one from Hebrews, I, I, I think of it in a brand new way now. Like my brain has been rewired, this, rewired with this verse and how I read it. It says, Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another every Sunday when you see each other. Just kidding. It says, but encourage each other daily as long as it is called today so that none of you Listen, this is why. This is why we encourage each other. This is why you need to be encouraging and be encouraged so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Isn't that the truth? Like sin is so tricky, so sly, so deceitful. There's just these little, little lies that pop up in our heads and we're like, oh yeah, okay, I, I kind of believe that. And we hang on to it, but it's a lie that that leads away from God. But with our Christian brothers and sisters building you up and encouraging you in the ways of Christ and real truth over here, it brings us towards God. Those lies from the enemy aren't as easy to hang on to when you have people speaking truth to you. So um, So say yes to being encouraged by people that love Jesus. Make it your goal to surround yourself with those people. Joab is an example of what happens when we choose to allow influences in our lives that don't care about us, don't speak truth to us, don't encourage us towards Jesus. And in the end, they're a contributing factor to some of our deepest pains. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of you are like, whoa, that's from the Bible? My parents were telling me that. I didn't know that was from the Bible. Bad company corrupts good character. If we're not careful, the wrong influences can carry you away from the good character that's been developed in you. It's easy just to slowly, one little lie at a time to go in a different direction away from God. Now, to be clear, when we follow someone down the wrong path, we can't blame them. Well, we can and we do, right? It's really easy to say, hey, they made me do it. These people made me do it. She made me do it, right? But it's 100% on us for the choices that we make. It's like, Someone swimming in the ocean that that's, gets caught unknowingly in a riptide, and it carries them out to the ocean, and they're just having a good time hanging out here in the ocean until finally they turn around and they're like, oh my word, I'm way further from safety than I thought. I'm in danger. Have you ever been in that situation? 
The truth is, we all have Joabs in our lives. The Joabs of our lives take two different forms. So two forms that Joab takes in our life is that, um, so these, these two forms. One is that a friend, uh, is that f- these are friends that lead us away from God. Now, there's nothing wrong with having people in your life that aren't following Jesus. Like the Bible clearly says we should have those people in our lives. But have they or caused you, have they or have they caused you to go down a path that you know isn't anything that has to do with God's abundant life for you? Do they lead you away from knowing and experiencing and following Jesus? If they do, it's time to reconsider the position and power they have in your life. What's the influence that they have in your life? So that first type is uh, Joe, that first type of Joab is a perceived friend. The second type is just any influence in any form that could lead us away from God. So the first one is like a physical friend. The second one is any outside influence that leads us away from God. Often this is the media we consume. It can be the news websites that we visit. It can be social media. It can be Reddit. It can be TikTok. It can be Facebook. It can be Instagram. It can be Discord, whatever it may be. It can be TV. It can be movies. Of course, TV and movies, that's like the classic one that they show us values that are against God, and we always hear warnings against that. Just be careful what TV and movies you consume. But more recently, something interesting has happened where we have shifted our trust from like the people that are near us, the people that love us, the people that are in our physical space life that we actually talk to, and we have transferred our trust from those people over to like these internet strangers that are writing news articles or creating content, making videos, and we've stopped trusting the people that love us, and we've transferred our trust, many of us, to these people that care nothing about us. Their goal is not our health and well-being. Their objective is really clicks to get money. And the easiest way that they can get clicks, do you know the easiest way is just to give you an emotion? And usually that emotion, the easiest emotion to get risen up in you and cause a reaction is anger or frustration. And so you read this title or someone gives an intro to a video that's just a shocking statement that makes you like say, what? I can't believe it. And you click on it and you read the article or you watch the video and then you find yourself even more angry and you have a a disdain or a disgust towards a certain group of people. Have you felt that? I have. I've, I've clicked on many articles like that that's like, I can't believe those people. They're the worst. I, uh, just this week, I decided to, to test this, and I went to, uh, like, three top cable news website, uh, their, their YouTube channels. And I went to their latest video, I clicked on it, and then I read the top comments, the ones that get the most upvotes and the most likes. And every one of them, the top comments were all negative, disparaging towards another group of people. Like, I can't believe they would do that. Those idiots, although they used other colorful language. You can imagine what's there. 
I think this is coming from me. This is coming from me because I've I've recently like blocked some of these sites in my phone. Like I just they were so unhealthy. They caused me to think about other people in a way that was disparaging and mean to the point where I think if I met them in person, I'd be like, I can't even talk to you. You know. Liz gave a sermon uh, a few months ago. I don't even remember what it was about, but I know the conviction that I had to like, you, you got to get off of this stuff. You got to get rid of it. And there were just news websites, but I was checking them frequently, all the time. It was an addiction. Like any, any downtime, I, I'd click on this stuff because it gave me a reaction. It gave me an emotion. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Others of you are just like, what are you talking about, Dan? And you can just leave it if you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you do, find a way to block those. Find a way to get them out of your life. Cut them out. This kind of influence, it slowly chips away at our character ever so slightly, just every baby step at a time, leads us away from God. And it leads you away from the fulfilled, abundant life that Jesus has for you. So what we need, here's the good stuff, what we need are friends and influences like Nathan. People that care about you enough to tell you the truth, to encourage you with the hope of Christ. And Nathan was that person that cared about David. He cared enough about him to confront him and tell him, hey, you're in the wrong. You royally messed up in this situation. You've got to do a U-turn. Get back on the path with God. Influences like Nathan, when they see you walking away from that fulfilled life, they point you around. They say, hey, hey, friend, in the most lovingly way possible, your spiritual zipper's down. You might want to correct this. You might want to look into this. It's not something that we want to hear, but it's something that we need to hear. Just like the two types, um, two types of Nathans, there's two types of Joabs. uh, Just like two types of Joabs, there are two types of Nathans, friends, physical friends that encourage you on your way with Jesus, and those are rare. And when you find those friends, when you find the friends that are willing to encourage you frequently, when they're, uh, when they're telling you truths that are sometimes hard to hear and we want to cut them off because it wasn't a nice thing to hear, but you know they did it in love, those are the friends that you've got to keep close, that you should pursue and look out for and keep them close. And then the other kind of influence is just the kinds of things we consume, the media we consume. Maybe it's a, a book about following Jesus. Maybe it's a, a podcast. Maybe it's uh, Christian music, worship music, and those things all spur you towards Christ as well. Proverbs 27, uh, back to a friend that will, that will tell you the truth and encourage you. Proverbs 27 says this, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from an enemy. That's got some deep meaning to it. Like a wound from a friend, in, in one instance, it could be like they've, they've said some truth to you in a loving way. And that's better than just being like kissed with with different emotions from, from anyone else. Ephesians 4.15, it says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. 
Speaking the truth in love will grow everyone involved towards Christ. The, the truth speaker will grow towards Christ. The person who's receiving it and acts on it will grow towards Christ. The Nathans of life, the Nathans of life will help you experience the abundant life that Jesus has for you. Surround yourself with those friends. Surround yourself with those influences that care enough about you to speak truth and encourage you. They'll uplift you. They'll propel you towards the abundant and fulfilling journey that God has for you. Moving to our third truth that we can learn from the friendships of David is that a true friend is with you in the bad times. Now, you can't talk about David and friendship without talking about Jonathan, right? This is one of the most famous stories in the Bible. One of the famous uh, friendship stories in the Bible is David and Jonathan and how good of friends they are. First uh, Samuel 18.1 says that uh, Jonathan loved David as himself. That sounds familiar. That's what Jesus says we should do to our neighbors, right? Love each other as ourselves. Now, what's interesting about their friendship is that there was only a really short amount of time at the very beginning where their lives weren't thrown into chaos and craziness um, during their friendship. They stayed friends, uh, but their worlds were just in chaos. Um, and Jonathan was a true friend by being there for David in some of the toughest times of his life. David was running for his life. He was on the run from Jonathan's father, Saul, who wanted him dead. And Jonathan put his own life on the line to protect David. Another proverb says, Like a broken tooth or a lame foot is reliance on the unfaithful in a time of trouble. I have tooth pain. Right up here, left side, top teeth, tooth pain. So much so, like, I, I can't eat on this side. I can't trust it. It can't be relied upon over here. One time, I went to the dentist, and you know how they're always like, hey, is anything bothering you? I said, yes, something is bothering me. It's right up here. I got this pain. She said, okay, we'll tell the dentist about that. So she goes on to clean my teeth, and then she takes her little water pick hose, you know, the little, the little water sprayer, and she's cleaning and she hits this spot right up here. I jerk. I like spit water all over the floor over here. She soaks my face with the little water stream over here. And she says, oh, it's that sensitive, huh? I said, yes, it's that sensitive. And to this day, I swear she did it on purpose to see how bad it was. It was like her test. It was crazy. But I can't rely on this. If I do, it causes me pain. So I just chew on the other side of my mouth until it gets fixed. You guys had a broken leg, broken arm. You can't rely on that. If you rely on that in a time when you need it, even if you really need it, you can't. It'll fail you. Another proverb. Oh, and this is what the Bible is telling us, that if we need friends, that we need friends and people that we can rely on in hard times. So look for friends that won't waver even when you're in times of pain. So another proverb, this is Proverbs 18. A real friend sticks closer than a brother. In the most difficult seasons of life, Jonathan was there for David. Another proverb still says, a friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. You know, Jonathan could have said like, you know, David, I sense some chemistry here, but you know what? 
we're in a lot of turmoil right now. Like, my dad's trying to kill you and stuff. But once you all, once you get that figured out, smoothed out, then send me a text and then we can hang out and maybe we'll be friends then. Right? He, he could have done that pretty easily. But Jonathan was a loyal friend, a brother born to help in David's greatest trials. And instead of running from David's pain, he chose to share in it. What's amazing is that Jonathan was a prince. Like he should have been living this posh life in his castle with his dad. But instead he, he rejected the evil that his family was doing. And he, he chose to do the things of God that he saw in David's life. A friend like Jonathan is someone who is with you in the bad times. They're, they're rare. And when you find them, hang on to them. Keep them close. Now, there is a friend that is more loyal than a brother. A friend that can always be relied on. He's a friend that will never let you down in your time of pain and in your time of need. A friend that will speak truth in perfect love. He's a friend that will never leave you or forsake you. He's a friend that is the perfect example of godly character to shoot for in your own life. He's a friend that sacrificed everything to save you and me in our greatest time of need. And of course, his name is Jesus. You guys did it. We've calmed down since the very beginning. That's okay. (laughs) Thank you. His name is Jesus. And if we're going to talk about friends, we've got to talk about the first and best friend, the perfect friend to us all, and that's Jesus. In John, Jesus says this, this is John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And of course, that's what Jesus does as he lived a perfect life because we can't and died on the cross in our place for our sin because we can't. And three days later, rose from the dead, conquering sin and death with and for us so that we can live life with him, so that we can have the fullest life, so we can have his friendship and his influence to receive that abundant life that he has for us. You know what I call someone who I just love hanging out with every day? I call that person Liz. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Just just going for some points there. I call that person a friend, right? A person that you love hanging out with every day, that's a friend. That's a person that you, you enjoy being around. And Jesus calls us friends. He loves to be with us. And when we choose, he tells us that when we choose to follow him, experience him, know him, that he calls us friends. If you're here today and you haven't said yes to the friendship of Jesus in your life, I want to invite you into that today. There won't be a better day in the rest of your life to do that than today. Today's a beautiful day to do that, to say yes to Jesus in your life. If you want to do that, come talk to me after service. If you're on Facebook, uh, just write me a message, and I'll get to you as soon as I can today. I'd love to pray with you. It just starts with a simple prayer. Jesus, I, I want your friendship in my life. You know, this whole time, 
we've been talking about what it looks like to, to look for a good friend that will guide us and help us. But what we should also consider is what it takes for us to be that friend. What does it take for us to be a true friend? And if you want to know what it means to be a true friend, we just look at Jesus' example. Jesus is the perfect example of a friend that cares enough about you to speak truth to you. Jesus is the perfect example of a true friend that will encourage you in the right direction. Jesus is the perfect example of a true friend that will love you sacrificially. Jesus is a, is a perfect example of a true friend that will never leave you. So take these three things from today. Three things. Take them with you. Receive the friendship of Jesus and keep receiving it daily. Look to him as your primary influence, your primary friend. Look to him first. Two, look for friends and influences that mimic Jesus. And three, be that friend that mimics Jesus. And the beautiful thing about that one is that we don't have to do it alone because we have a friend in Jesus. And we can say, Jesus, help me. Help me be more like you. Help me to reflect your love to other people around me. And he will certainly help you. Will you pray with me? Jesus, you are such a good friend. And we thank you for your example of friendship. I, I, it's not just scripture. Scripture is really important. We have that. But like I hear stories from everyone in this room of how you've been a good friend to them. And you have all, we have all these testimonies of your faithfulness and your goodness like we sang in that first, that first song. So I thank you for every one of those stories in the Bible. I thank you for every one of those stories in this room of you being a friend to people. I pray for the people in this room that may have not said yes to your friendship yet. God, I pray that you would just, uh, to speak to their heart, that you want to be their friend, that you would show them what that's like, how, how beautiful of a relationship that is. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for being our friend. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.